Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the build-up here on Balls.ie, our weekly look ahead to the biggest events of the sporting weekend in association with Ladbrokes. And it's rugby again this week because it just doesn't stop. We've gone from the Six Nations to the Pro 14 final and then we're straight into the last 16 of the Heineken Cup. Delighted to be saying, say, say we're joined once again by Stephen Ferris. Stevie, it's been a busy few weeks um, and it's kind of easily get lost in the sort of in between the Six Nations into the Heineken Cup. But we shouldn't probably let the, the Pro 14 final uh, go without comment, especially with both of the teams in action again this week. And um, I think there was a mixture, from my point of view anyway, and I don't know if you agree, of kind of a, a disappointment with Munster probably not putting in the type of performances we've become used to seeing um, this season. We thought they were ramping up to a big performance that never came. But also, to be really impressed with Leinster and the way that they are just able to turn it on and the way they just do all the simple things so, so well, that they, they, they're just such a hard team to play against. Yeah, it's um, it's been tricky to digest, actually, Mick, uh, on reflection. You know, it's easy to kind of uh, say that Monster weren't at the races. You know, you know, your my initial emotions and thoughts right after the game were that, you know, Leinster weren't particularly good and Monster were actually quite bad at times. Um, but actually watching it back, um, you know, Leinster were very, very good in the second half. They were really good in the second half. Mm. Um, and yes, of course, there was a few opportunities squandered in the first. But you know, when they emptied the bench and brought on more artillery and just put the foot foot down, and um, it was almost another statement of intent going forward, Mick. Like you know, well, lads, you know, monster, you think you're, you're coming for us? You fielded your strongest team possible, albeit maybe sniming. But apart from that, you know, that's their, that's them fully loaded. Um, Leinster really made a, an impact into them, and I think you know, come the final whistle, you know, they they were dejected, they were um, you know emotional, um, couldn't really. This is the monster guys, you know, couldn't really mm. figure out how to what went wrong, um, and yeah, it, it was just it was just really really difficult to digest um, straight after the game, and even now it's 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 tricky, um, and for me, Mick. Like the first kickoff of the game, you know, this is what you want. Leinster, kick the ball to us. I'm going to take this here. We're going to take it up the guts. We're going to get CJ into the game, absolutely ram into somebody, put an unbelievable box kick up, chase that down. Intent, intent, intent. You're going to be in for an absolute hell of a day. What did they do? You know, they didn't feel it. They got bundled into touch and straight away Leinster on the front foot and that wasn't brilliant Leinster play. That was just Monster slightly off it, and they get caught. And uh, you just can't afford to do that against Leinster. And I thought Leinster were brilliant, especially in that second half. And um, you know, credit where credit's due. They're really well drilled, well coached. Um, you know, what a player pool to pick from. And yeah. Unfortunately, I think Ulster would have given Leinster a better game. I really mm. do. I, I really do. I, I'm, I'm not sure that the way the two leagues worked out. That you got the two best teams in the final. I, I, I don't think uh, I don't think that was the case, but that's easy for me. Coming from a, coming from an Ulster fan, um, and maybe just Monster had another off day. But what is it? Nine out of ten defeats for uh, Van Gran against Leo yeah. Cullen. You know, yeah. so uh, there's something not right. 
Now, you're an Ulster fan, but I don't think anybody would ever accuse you of being biased in your analysis. Sort of, I've heard you give out about them a lot more than I've heard you praise them <laughs> over the last few years. But I think it's a fair point, and especially the way they've played against them so far, and they definitely seem to have Munster's number. Is there anything to be said for, like, Leinster are able to do this because they've got such a deep and, like, quality squad all the way through, but is there anything to be said for them making the right call in not changing up the team too much and bringing in all the internationals in one go? Whereas if you look at Munster... Like Murray wasn't the, didn't have the same impact he had against England. CJ definitely, I thought, was very very quiet um, for most of the game, and a lot of the internationals kind of coming back in. Earls even like you know had such he finished the Six Nations with such a high, you know, making little mistakes here and there and not really getting involved in the game. There's a big difference between coming in from playing for your country for seven eight weeks, whatever it is, in a different type, even now, different, so different with the bubble and with COVID and everything like that, they're going straight back into your province and playing against all these guys the week after. Or is that just like, am I underestimating them as professionals if thinking that that's an issue? Yeah, well, we've chatted about it before, Mick, about like, you know, some lads wanting to play, keep the consistency and performance, keep churning it out week in, week out, a bit like Donico Callahan, like he didn't want to miss a game. He just kept... You know, if he didn't play, then he felt that when he did come back to play, that he might be a wee bit off the pace. So he just wanted to keep on playing. I think there's something to be said for resting um, lads just mentally, like you know, yeah. just in that bubble. Like Earlsy just looked, you know, I think it was that uh, was it the spiral? It wasn't really a spiral bomb. It was just a, like a dead dead duck. The way the, the way the ball was kind of end over end, and it just fell in front of him, and he, he stuttered and went to go for it. And it's just you just looked at his face and he was like, I do not want to be here. Get me off this pitch. Like, you know, I, I've been there, like hundred percent mm, been there. Yeah. And it's so not him. That's what made me think of it really. Like, you know, that's just not a Keith Earls thing to do or to play, like, especially for Munster, and you're thinking to yourself, Jesus, like there's a drain that just comes with everything that they've been doing for the last few weeks, and it's a very, very short turnaround to that emotional climax of the England match to straight back into, even if it is a final, you haven't been around it for so long. Well, I'll tell you what, Mick, like it, it's all well and good looking at lads' body language, um, saying that they're mentally tired, uh, you know, maybe they're a bit physically fatigued, a couple of lads maybe carrying a few knocks, but i tell you what, I've been there like European Cup final 2012, 55, 50 minutes into the game. Mm. We knew we weren't going to win. Like, do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, Lencer, our monster could have played till COVID 2025 and they <laughs> won that game. Like, yeah. I think that's the thing. Even though it was a lot tighter in the scoreboard, like, just looking at Earlsy and looking at a few other lads, like, they, they were, didn't even come close to scoring a try. Not even, what, 20 metres from scoring a try. Like, yeah. It was it was such a dominant performance by Leinster that they, the lads just looked dejected, Looking around for answers, and you know the game plan didn't work. A couple of like, Connor Murray didn't have his best day. Earls he didn't have his best day. Uh, you know Joey Carberry had a had a shocker. Um, mm. it, it just it just didn't happen for them. And then come the 56, 60 minutes, like they just wanted to get into the change room. And people are yeah. maybe sitting watching this, or maybe maybe they'll watch it in the future and go, "What the hell is he talking about? They're playing for their province. They're playing for you no. Know, I was not. I was in a European Cup final. I I." If somebody had asked me, Stevie, do you want to leave the pitch after 60 minutes? I'd have been like, get me out of here. Like, you know, because the scoreline ended up what being 40, 38, 18 or whatever it was at the time. Like, um, yeah, and, and just to touch on that, that's the reality of it. Like, yeah, yeah, humans yeah. at the end of the day, 
it wasn't working they couldn't fix it on the pitch and as i say they're they, they could have played until the cows came home and mm. um you know I, I don't think they would have got the result yeah, so that's Munster side of it. We'll talk a bit more about them. We talk about Toulouse in a few minutes, but Leinster side of it, I thought there was a there was a key, you know, a couple of key moments like early in the second half, and you're thinking somehow Munster have got in here six all. They could have actually been ahead. They missed a couple of penalties, and you're like they've been outplayed, and you're like Jesus, maybe it's there for them this time. Maybe they do. And then Leinster, I thought there was two, you know, getting that try with Conan, but also there was a period of like sustained Munster possession. I was going to say pressure. It wasn't really pressure. That I just thought Leinster just like. They hoovered it up so, so professionally, so professionally, and then waited to pounce and got the turnover after about like five minutes. It was just such patience and brilliant, brilliant, like almost perfect defense. I just wonder, are they getting enough credit for that performance in general and, and stymieing Munster in a way that other teams haven't done this year? And also, how much does that take us forward into this week and the rest of the season and the rest of the Heineken Cup thinking to yourself, like, is this Leinster team able to click in the way they did a couple of years ago? Because they're not free scoring. They're not maybe getting as many tries and you know as, as the old Leinster teams of old, but they do seem to be playing the kind of rugby that's going to win rugby matches. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. I think, Mick, if you ask any rugby fan um, about the, the game at the weekend, I'll be like, oh, how bad were Munster? Oh, geez, yeah. Munster were shocking. Like, oh, geez, Joey Carberry was this and everybody was out there, but... Like for me, I just thought Leinster, and to repeat myself a bit, especially in that second half, were were so so good. Um, and I think if they play like that for 60, 70 minutes of any match, whether that's in the Pro 14 or the European Cup, that they'll they'll probably win the game. Um, and when you've got those guys coming off the bench, just adding that that impetus, that um, that next wave of energy, like it, it's just brilliant and. Like I do fancy them. Now you say they don't score that many tries. They average five point one tries a game in the in the Pro Fourteen. They still score a hell of a lot of tries. But when it comes to the Inter Pros of late, and mm. um, you know European Cup, they haven't been scoring as many. But like Mick, they they could have had three like in the first half. You know yeah. against Monster, like it, it could have been over at half time. Seriously, could have been over. Um, just a small bit of detail that that's what Leo Cullen will be wanting and, and Felipe Contepomi will be really working on is, is making sure that they are clinical because if those passes don't stick or you know the uh, who was it got the interception or else he got the interception like that that can be the difference in the big big games in the semi-final and in the final of the European Cup so they'll be wanting to tidy a couple of things up but totally agree with you what, what you originally said there Mick I think there needs to be more credit given to Leinster here. I know we've been blowing smoke up their backside for the last four years in, in, in the league and, and in Europe, and then they've faltered a couple mm. of times at quarterfinal stage. Um, and uh, you know they're bitterly disappointed about that. But that's where they want to try and get better. And you know we just gotta we just gotta uh, watch them uh, in envy and in awe sometimes because they've been so good over the last six months. Yeah. Well, the envy and all can become from them having 57 players that they can play over the course of a Pro 14 season as well. I think it's 57. I could be wrong about that. Definitely late, yeah. high 50s anyway, yeah. Um, what about Friday night then? Or Friday evening? We're, I know it's good Friday, but still like half five on Friday is a strange time for a Highland Cup match. But um, Toulon, I suppose, when you don't pay attention to the Pro 14 in the way that I don't, or the top 14, I should say, um, I was su- surprised to see them like seventh in the league 
54-16 they lost at the weekend. And you're thinking, Jesus, like what, what's going on with Toulon? But I suppose they haven't been the force now for a couple of years. But then also like just Len- seeing Leinster as such like massive favourites, five to one on, I think it's 12 points on Ladbrokes as well in the handicap. Um, I, I suppose when I saw the straw without thinking about it, I didn't realise that people saw it as the kind of a, a walk in the park into the quarterfinals. Would you have any wariness about that at all? No. No, okay. definitely not. Um, like I'd be back in Leinster minus twelve all day long. Wow. Um, I, you know, Toulon are sitting seventh in the league, as you say. They got hockey last week. You know, it doesn't for me. I think it doesn't matter to them if they go out of Europe and they can climb up to maybe fifth in the league. You know, they're, they're focused as a lot of French teams that they'll turn to the league and and um, put so much time and effort and energy into that. Rest few players or. They could surprise people come full bore and, you know, Chancellor Lock take Leinster on up front and, and try and get an edge and see how it goes. I think that would be very difficult to do, especially with, you know, Ty Furlong in the in the form that he's in. Uh, so for me, no, I would be back in Leinster. I think the weather actually, again, is due to be half decent, a little bit mm. colder than it is today, but a, a nice dry ball to play with on Friday evening. Geez, that would be, be awesome for the Leinster lads. So, and I think they will actually learn a bit from the monster game um, mm. and, and be slightly better. So I, w- I would be going for Leinster minus 12. Um, and unfortunately for Toulon, they're not the Toulon of, of, of old 2012, 13, wasn't it? Um, yeah. 2013. Yeah. No, that was Dublin. Leinster as well, wasn't it? Uh, Leinster I, too I, many times to forget about them. <laughs> Leinster, no, they won it in 2013 against uh, against Claremont in, in, in Claremont. the Aviva, I think. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, yeah after Leinster's uh, three and four, I think. So uh, I was at that match. Um, Stevie, I have to say, watching the Johnny Wilkinson kicking masterclass, it was quite boring. <laughs> There's a few, there's a few, a uh, few drinks had, um, but the, yeah, they're not the team that they were. But I suppose it does set up Leinster. Without look, we'll look ahead properly to the quarterfinals and the rest of the cup next week. I do want to talk about Munster to lose, but you know, it does set Leinster up for you know they come off the Six Nations. A lot of their players who haven't been around for a while are back in good form again. Be tight for a long, like even someone like Jack Conan getting back into that level, and you know, all across the team, really one to fifteen players that are in form they go and they beat their biggest rivals in a league final which wouldn't normally be at this point you know as in like the, you know of the season obviously everything making it a little bit different with COVID then you go into a last 16 game which you've never had before and you get too long and then suddenly you're going into the quarterfinals with much more momentum than they normally would have now it's probably the same for everybody else you know there's no real reason to think that Leinster have an unfair advantage here I think but it feels to me and I don't like saying this so far out but it feels to me like it's a little bit set up for them this year in a way that it probably hasn't worked for them in that way for the last year, last year, last two years. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Obviously, like the, the whole circumstances, like we've had two Pro 14 finals in what, seven months or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it just seems to be week in, week in, week out. With the Rainbow Cup coming up, it starts again um, end of April. So just so much rugby. And Leinster seem like they're, a pretty healthy squad like everybody seems to be in, in good shape at the minute um, mm. and you're you're all right like that they, they seem to be in a, a in a really good place and everything is maybe slightly teed up in their favor however there's going to be a few other teams in the competition that might have a say about that um you know, the likes of exeter you know european yeah. champions um last season 
very very similar to Leinster when they get into their power game. Um, you know, very accurate around that. We've seen it again at the weekend with the Jack Conan try, with the pick and jam, pick and jam. Bernard Jackman actually highlighted it before the game, like that flying wedge where they just get bodies in, use their muscle, and generally, you know, they win a penalty, go again, win a penalty, and then before you know it, you're you're seven points down. So um, that'll be a, a, an intriguing one if, if they meet. But yeah, I think Leinster are just in a, in a healthy place. And like mm. Leo, Leo Cullen is hilarious. Like I've watched him do what twenty five interviews in the last six months, and he's just going, um, yeah, well, you know, we're just uh, gonna. You know, trying to get a bit better than we were last week. Uh, yeah, you know, just uh, rest a few lads from last week. And, uh, you know, <laughs> 57 players used. And he's, he just cracked me up. But he's so relaxed and so led back. And I think yeah. players actually feed off that. You know? Yeah. They yeah. Just, everybody seems to know exactly what they're doing. Mm. Um, where Munster, on the other hand, at the weekend, seemed all over the place. Yeah. Stuart Lancaster signed the new deal as well there, so that team is staying together as well. You know, the the, the backroom team, I, I thought Lancaster, you might have thought that he'd probably want something more high-profile and front and centre, but he seems happy with what he's doing. So that, that's good news for Leinster as well. On to, you know, you mentioned Exeter, obviously, uh, Racing are there, and then Toulouse are another team that are obviously live contenders for this competition. They're top of the top 14 at the moment. But you don't write off Munster, really, um, in a game like this, they're three-point underdogs. Um, there's, there is definitely two different monsters, though, and they can't play the way they did at the weekend if they have any hope of winning this game. Yeah, but Mick, they're going to wheel out the same team again, are they not? You know, well, they probably are, yeah, but I mean, can they, can they not play differently or, or, or with more energy? Well, geez, they haven't played differently for the last freaking two years, you know, they've got themselves in the good spots and uh, I know we've seen glimpses of it, Mick, but like when it comes to the crunch, you yeah, know, they haven't won a big game. Yeah, they haven't won a big game in ages. Like, and you know, well, obviously working with Quinny at the weekend, and and Quinny is just desperate to see Monster get back to winning trophies, and you know he's sick of being asked about his generation and about you know how many European cups he won, and you know why have the lads not you know got back to the dizzy heights that they were uh, they were at and. He's like, Stevie, you know, like for a club the size of Monster, like, you know, 10 years without a trophy, it's just, it's not good enough. Um, and they've such a, a good lot of young players coming through. They've signed a couple of really uh, World Cup winning South Africans. There's rumor that there's, you know, another South African possibly coming as well. Um, and they are underachieving. And, you know, Ulster, Ulster's had that underachiever title for a long period of time. Yeah, um, but I think Monster or something similar, surely, um, at, at the minute. And like, I have a soft spot for Monster. I, I do, like, I really do. Um, I love playing down there. Had a really good connection with the fans as well. They, you know, purists when it comes to the rugby. Um, I remember walking in and out of the tunnel in, in Limerick, a good few times over the years, uh, and never a bad word spoken to me or anything. It was always, you know. Uh, played with a lot of honesty and uh, yeah, no, I've only good things to say about Monster in that respect. But it's just, it just seems that there's something not right again mm. with, with Monster. And I can't put my finger on it, Mick. I'd love to have a couple of Monster lads here to to kind of say, yeah, this is what we're trying to work on. But 
even Van Graan in, in his post-match interview, he just sort of deflected again. Um, you know, when asked about obviously underperforming in a big final, you know, what can you put what can you put it down to? And he's like, Oh, small moments, you know, you know, the aerial battle and just like Yeah. Oh, I saw him say that they were close, like that, you know, it was a close game and that that you know he could have gone yeah. either way. And I was dis I was really disappointed with him saying that because that's not true. You know, it's like call it out for what it is. Like. Well he did in, in fairness he did say we were so close yet so far. Yeah. Like, so I, I think when he said that he under he's not stupid like you know he's, he's coached the Bulls he's coached the you know at a, a high level for a long long time he knows that they were nowhere near winning that game um it would have taken something miraculous for them to, to get the result uh and yeah if anything Leinster were getting stronger Munster were getting weaker as the game was going on but yeah Munster's a tricky one Mick um I know fans supporters the pressure just keep building and building and building down there yeah um and you and I and a lot of other people had so much optimism getting into this game because they'd shown little glimpses here and there. Yeah. And just just felt like they were back to square well, not square one, but close to it. Yeah, well that's what I was gonna say, because this is actually interesting coming from you. And I think you watch a lot more Pro 14 than most people, and you've seen nearly every Munster game this year, and you had so much optimism about them. And I know it was it was unproven, but it was coming from this sense of there's something the players are there, the the style seems to be coming together and they're just on the verge of clicking. But as you said, they haven't done it in the big game, but it's like as if this one... I remember speaking after the last Pro 14 final, which as you said is only a couple of months ago, and you were kind of defending them. You were saying they're not as far off as I was very down on them. And you were saying, like, you know, they did what Saracens would do the following week. Um, you know, and, and they had the right idea. They just didn't, they just didn't do it. Make yeah, another offer in the last semi final, and actually, yeah. the last time that Leinster and Munster met in uh Thoman Park, Leinster actually kicked the ball more than Munster did. And I thought that they were just going to go back and you know, do get go back to the box kicking game, except just do it a little bit better. And they tried to actually play a wee bit more rugby, and they were just getting smashed and smashed and smashed and hammered. Um, and in fairness, Munster were smashing Leinster in the first 15, 20 minutes of the game and, and making it a good contest, but they couldn't keep that up for, for the full 80. And the territory possession was just hugely in, in Leinster's favour. Um, yeah, Mick, it's easy to do, easy to look a lot better and look like you're making progress when you're playing against depleted Edinburghs, when you're yeah. playing against depleted Cardiffs um, and not really under pressure at all. And like mm. you know, Craig Casey, Gavin Coombs, uh, Gavin Coombs is probably one of the, the better players, and, and Mike Healy, a fullback for Munster at the weekend. They were they were probably the the two pick. Um, like you know, Casey, so much time in the ball, make as many decisions as he wants, and then he comes on and you know makes a couple of mistakes straight away when he comes on. And um, I know he's trying to up the tempo, but it, it just didn't work. So yeah, I, I just feel that Munster have shown glimpses that they're getting better. But yeah. that's that's maybe because they're not under the same pressure from the other teams, and yeah. when they're put under pressure, then what do they do? They revert back to making too many mistakes. And for me, that's because they don't under actually understand what their game plan is. Yeah, that's a it's a damning indictment, I suppose. But one of the glimpses that they showed was the Claremont win um, in this competition earlier on in the year, and now that it's got them into this position where they will host to lose. You've seen a lot of Toulouse because Ulster seems to be up against them every second week when they play in Europe for the last couple of years. 
and it's it is close at least to the Toulouse of old. But are they? For me, there's a probably a bigger chink than there used to be. They're beatable still. Yeah, they're beatable. Of course, they are. Ulster came very, very close to beating them at home. Um, you know, they got them in the quarterfinal last year. Got hockeyed uh, away from home. Um, they're definitely beatable. Like they've been mixing and matching their team a bit. Um, Jerome Keno, you know, this is his last season. He's been in and out of the squad. Cheslin Colby, you know, a winger, World Cup winner. Uh, yeah. on, on the wing, but he's been playing out half. You know, Entomac will be back. He didn't have his best game uh, for France, did he? You know, he was pretty off. Right, I know. Uh, so, yeah, like, you know, you, you want to have Toulouse at home. You, you hope that they they uh, you know, they don't travel well. Usually, they don't travel well. But this is a good Toulouse team. They're, they're absolutely hockeyed. Did they, no, who were they playing last week? No, was, they lost to Montpellier, I think. Maybe it was the week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they're there. I don't know. Jeez, Mick, you, you've caught me here. I, I actually don't know. Like just after that Munster performance, I was I was thinking that you know this was going to be a, a good draw for Munster and they could put mm. pressure and, and get a result. But I'm going to go for Toulouse. Sorry, Munster fans. Well, yeah. You've had you've had, you've been on a good run for the last couple of months, so that actually is a, that that's a real apology to Munster fans, I think. Uh, look, that's on Saturday at uh, three o'clock. Looking forward to it. Uh, Munster or Leinster and uh, Toulon is on on Friday evening at half five. It's an unusual weekend in that I don't think we've ever had uh, um, eight knockout Heineken Cup games in the same weekend before because uh, there's never been a last sixteen. So it's actually going to be a really exciting. Uh, weekend of rugby it's one of those things you could just ride if, if the weather if the weather doesn't turn we could just if the weather does turn we could just prop ourselves up in front of the tv for the whole weekend is there any of the other fixtures that jump out of you as a must watch if people are just marking their cards we can't watch them all oh, yeah like a, i know we're banging on about the irish teams but you know i want to see what exeter's got you know they're not yeah. flying as high in the in the premiership as they were last season nothing not not everything's going their way teams are starting to run them close Maybe uh, the opposition are starting to figure them out a little bit. So they've got Leon at home. You know, Leon had a resounding win last week against Toulon. Uh, yeah, Toulon, fifty mm. something. Yeah. So I, I think you know that might be a good game. Um, you know, Leinster was it two years ago they had Leon, and you know mm. Leon gave them a, a really good game. So yeah, I'm going to go for extra Leon. Um, see what they're made of, and and just kind of um, analyze Exeter and and see. You know, have, have they made any improvements from last year? Are they getting any better? And you know, possibly if Leinster meet them, you know, how big a game that's going to be. Uh, so yeah, that's, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to the extra game just to, from a Gallagher Premiership point of view. Absolutely, yeah, sounds like brilliant. It's going to be a brilliant uh, Easter weekend of rugby. Enjoy it all, and uh, we'll chat to you ahead of the quarterfinals. Cheers, Mick. Thanks a million, Stevie. Um, and thanks as well to uh, Ladbrokes, who have uh, a great offer running at the moment where they, you can get uh, one euro free bet in your account every time there is Irish racing um, for between now and the end of April. So uh, do get on that. Of course, if you're gambling on the rugby, the racing or anything at all, please do always gamble responsibly. Visit dunleavy.net for more information. And we'll be back with more build-up version. <laughs>